Podcast City Network. Listener discretion is advised. It is time to play. You're listening to the Everett Lee Show. Let's go! A shot of entertainment to the head. No doubt. Sit back, relax, put your drinks up, and enjoy the entertainment. Okay. Now we come to the payoff. Let's rock. Welcome to the Everett Lee Show podcast. I'm Everett Lee. Quick shout out to everyone who follows me on Twitter. You can follow me at the Everett Lower Score Lee, Facebook.com slash the Everett Lee. Click that thumbs up. And of course, Podcast City Network, the official host of the Everett Lee Show. And it looks like, like my media player just froze up on me. Oh, well, I guess the technical difficulties is still rearing its ugly head here on the Everett Lee Show. (laughs) But you know what? That's not going to stop me tonight on this podcast because I have a great podcast lined up for you tonight here on the Everett Lee Show. And I have a guest. My guest is waiting online right now on the phone. He co-host or partner with, however you want to look at it, Movie Nights Podcast. I want to welcome to the program tonight, Dalton. How do you say your last name? I forgot to ask you about that before we went live. <laughs> I suck at that. It's all good. Uh, Burdett. Burdett. Welcome to the Everly yeah. Show Podcast. How you doing, Dalton? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really appreciate it, and I'm happy to be on. No problem. Love having you on. Love having new people come on that's not been on the podcast, on the program, and especially with Movie Nights Podcast joining the Podcast City Network. That is awesome. I am so happy you you guys are part of the network. And tonight, just going to have some discussion and talk about who who you are and what you do and the first thing I want to ask is where did you grow up at great question uh I kind of somewhat grew up in two places uh the main place I grew up where I was born well I was born in Cincinnati Ohio but I lived like in Indiana but like right on the border of Ohio and Kentucky in that little tri-state area right there mm-hmm. and I grew up in a town that has like I don't know, maybe 1,600 people in it, little town called Milan, Indiana. It is actually the place, you ever see the movie Hoosiers? Have you heard that movie? Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. It's, yeah, it's this movie they made with Gene Hackman. It's about this small town basketball team that went to state championship. And uh, that's, the movie was based on that town. They didn't call it that in the movie for legal reasons, but... That's the town I'm from, and the only reason I spit that out is because whenever you go to Milan, that's what they love telling new people. It's like, hey, you ever see Hoosiers? Hey, you ever see Hoosiers? It's like their thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah I, not a whole lot to talk about there, so, you know, you got to hold on to what you got. Uh, I, uh, I lived there until I was about 
11 years old, then moved on down to Florida, and I grew up in a, I kind of finished growing up in a place called uh, Citrus County, Florida, which, you know, Bambi taught us a really important lesson when we were young about uh, if you don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> and uh, wh while, uh, while, you know, I kind of mostly do that for exaggeration, what I will give Citrus County, Florida, is that there are a lot of really good people who really do everything they can to make sure that that community, you know, stays alive and stays welcoming to everyone. Right. A handful of people. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate those people because I've gotten a lot of support from people in Citrus County. And it's really, really, really been nice to know that, you know, where I kind of went to high school and graduated from, people are supporting me and, you know, hoping that I grow into something nice. And uh, the best part is, is they all usually agree with me about the feelings of that place. So, you know, I, I get away with some jokes here and then about it. <laughs> That's cool. That is. I like that. I definitely like it. Now, what was some of your favorite films growing up? Oh, the million-dollar question. Uh, <laughs> you know, movies are kind of, I live and breathe them, and then, you know, kind of made a podcast about it, you know, makes sense. But uh, right. I, I'd say, that, I mean, there, there's a handful, but uh, just hitting the basics, and one of them has got to be Jaws. That movie, like, changed my life when I saw it. I uh, saw it when I was really, really young, but I didn't catch the whole thing. Like, my family was watching it, and I, like, stepped into the room, and I wasn't supposed to, and it was right at the part where the shark jumped on the boat and ate somebody. And that was, like, the first thing. It was the first thing my little eyes saw from that movie, and I was just like, oh, my God, and I, like, got scared and ran away, and then later I ended up watching the whole movie. Right. And I knew there was something about that movie that I just couldn't quite get my hands on like why I loved it so much and for the longest time I thought it was like sharks I was like you know what when I was nine years old I was like all right marine biology is what I'm doing got to protect the sharks and then as I learned how much school you have to go to for to be a marine biologist I was like mm, maybe it's not maybe it's not that maybe it's not sharks and then I you know would watch the movie over and over again and I was like no it's it's the movie it's how it was made this this is such just a beautifully crafted film and you know kind of fell in love with that movie you know all the you know the Star Wars trilogy uh Rocky is another one, and uh, I, the reason I kind of love Rocky so much is people watch Rocky throughout you know, time, and they're like, oh, it's a boxing movie, oh, it's a boxing movie, but really, when you watch that movie carefully, it's not a movie about boxing, it's a love story about someone who is really good-looking but isn't very smart, who finds somebody who isn't very good-looking but is very smart, right. and how their, different, their differences brought them together and how they both thought they could escape their families and escape who they are if they stayed with each other. Right. Because, you know, you know, spoiler alert if you've never seen Rocky, but, I mean, if you've never seen Rocky, like, what, what is wrong with you? But, but <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, they announce who the winner of the fight is, and it's almost, like, brushed off screen. Like, you, could, like you really have to listen to hear that, because all Rocky cares about is just seeing Adrian again. That's all he's just looking through the crowds, you know, the famous scream, like, Sylvester Stallone, Adrian, and he's oh, just yeah. looking. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, you know, it's such a such a beautiful ending to that movie and when i saw that you can make great character pieces but disguise it as like this you know matt like big sports movie i was like that's so genius and how they did that now the sequels kind of you know that's when they became you know rah rah america boxing rocky and you know that's still all great yeah. rocky four is a good time but yeah. but uh you know i i really liked rocky and another one that really really got me and it kind of got me in not only just movies, but 
superheroes. I love superheroes. And it was the original 1978 Superman movie with yes. Christopher Reeves. Yes. Oh, that's, my God. That's e- even, even now, like when I watch yeah. that, I just get the biggest smile on my face and I feel like I can just save the world. Like just the <laughs> amount of joy. Like yeah. I feel like if you like psychiatrists, if they have like patients with depression, part of the description would be to just watch Superman like once a week. And I feel like you would like get better. It's just such a happy movie. It is. It is. That's the Superman. That's the Superman I grew up with. That's the one that mm-hmm. when I was a kid, when I was about nine, eight, nine years old, well, actually probably about nine or ten, Superman Christopher Reed, that one was Superman 1 and 2 were the best. The third mm-hmm. one when oh, I was yeah. a kid that scared the crap out of me, man, because it just, especially towards the end scene, when the computer gets a hold of that uh, lady and turns her into all mm-hmm. you know, robotic and stuff. And then th- yeah. I didn't care too much about the fourth one. I thought the fourth one just was, ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't. We don't because of everything that went on with that. But the Rocky movies, I'm mm-hmm. a fan of the Rocky. I'm a fan of Stallone, man. I'm a, I'm a fan oh, yeah. of his his movies and stuff. One of my favorite movies from the 80s that Stallone did besides the Rocky movies was Cobra. That's one of my favorite oh. movies there. Yeah, Cobra. Dude, Cobra yeah. is such a guilty pleasure movie. It just is. him with the sunglasses and jacket just being the world's biggest badass. I know. I, the, my favorite line out of that movie is, you're the virus, I'm the cure. I'm the cure, <laughs> yes. yes. I love that. Such a classic I, movie. I love that. The car oh, so is good. great. Like, you know, the car he drove was mm-hmm. just awesome. Oh, and, yeah. And then the Rambo movies, First Blood and then First mm. Blood Part 2 was just two of the mm-hmm. best. And then when he, the third one, eh, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. really that great though. But when he came back and did the, just the Rambo standalone movie, it was just called Rambo. That movie yeah. was badass. The last few minutes of it, that movie, when he's taking out those soldiers, man, <laughs> and he's on that gun, yes. just you know, shooting you know everyone down. Mm-hmm. I was reading that Stallone. They had to shoot that part right there a few times because the gun kept falling off, and they had to stop and put it back on, stop, put it back on, and they had to cut that yeah. so many times. But like, like you mentioned, Jaws. That was another one. Jaws mm-hmm. 1 and 2 were my favorite. The third one, I didn't really care too much for when he when it was based yeah. in uh, Disneyland, Disney World, and or SeaWorld, yeah. whatever it was. I mean, that... And then yeah, Jaws, and like the big draw was like they made it 3D, and it was like Jaws 3D or something. It's just like, oh, when it's, just, it's cringy when you yeah. watch it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so cringy. And the fourth one is just horrible. I don't mean like Jaws, the revenge. The shark's gonna swim all the way down to the Bahamas and go after the family. It's like, it's like, what do you have? Fucking GPS on them, you know? It's like they're down in the Bahamas. Come on, man. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually watching an interview with Michael Caine because he's in that movie, and they were like, "Do you have any like ill feelings toward Jaws, the revenge?" And he was like, "Hell no, that movie got me a nice ass house." (laughs) I know it banked. It banked money. I mean, the movie did great. Jaws yeah. 4 did great. But critics and fans were like, no. The first two were the Jaws that you'd really have to watch. Mm-hmm. If you've not never seen Jaws, those are the two movies that you need to see right there. 
Jaws 1, Jaws mm-hmm. 2. And, I mean, the best thing about the third Jaws, actually, is Dennis Quaid was in it, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, no. And it, it, it's just one of those things, like, you forget he's in it until, like, it's on TV or something, and you're like, holy shit, Dennis Quaid was in it. Yeah, yeah, you forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely forget yeah. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, going back to uh, Stallone for a second, but what people don't understand is, like, he's, a, he's an actual, like, genius. He, he is. His he is. IQ is very, very high, and he writes screenplays a lot. And, um, you know, another uh, movie that he did that I really like that not many people see, and it came out in the 90s, I think it was the 90s or late 80s, uh-huh. it's directed by James Mangold. It's called Copland. Copland, yes. I, and, I remember Copland, man. I remember seeing the advertisement and stuff. Such a good movie. I've never actually sat down and seen it because he actually gained weight for that role to be a cop. Mm-hmm. And that came mm-hmm. out around my senior year in high school. I remember that. Don't it have, it has Stallone in it. And don't it have uh, mm-hmm. Harvey Keitel? He's in it too, I believe. Yes, I believe yeah. he is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another great actor. Another great actor right there. Oh, Harvey yeah. Keitel. I believe uh, he's in one of my other favorite movies, uh, Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Pulp Fiction and the Quentin Tarantino Oh, yeah, movies. the Tarantino stuff. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, the Quentin Tarantino. You a fan of his work? Yeah, yeah, I like his work a lot. I uh, th- There's a couple movies I haven't seen, but I've seen most of them. And he, the thing is, though, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's such a good director. He's such a good director. I think he's a good director. But what really blows me away is his writing. His mm-hmm. writing is so good. Yeah. Like, not just, you know, story and character arcs, but, you know, he's the king of dialogue. Yeah, like the, he is. My, my, my favorite Tarantino movie is Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, mine too. And I, I, I love the opening when they're just sitting at a diner talking about how he doesn't like to tip people. Yeah. And, like, literally this movie about a heist just opens up with these guys talking about how, oh, he's like, yeah, I don't like tipping. I don't believe in it. Does this whole speech... And then it cuts to them like running from the cops, and you know, and any other like writer, any other writer tries that. That's very jarring and it doesn't work. But there's just a way that he made those characters so real that when you're watching it, it's like you were sitting at the table with them. Exactly, exactly. And what's since you mentioned diner, that's the same diner where they were Pulp Fiction, the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's connected and stuff. And I I found out recently mm-hmm. that Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino spent eight million to make it, and he ended up uh, paying five million to the salary to the to the actors and actresses. Five mm-hmm. million went to that though. Oh yeah, he made it back because it was such a hit. And then I found yeah, out yeah. that if you look at all the clocks in the movie, they're all set at four twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, if you look at all the cl- clocks in that movie, if you go back and watch it, mm-hmm. all the clocks, if you, you see a scene with a clock, it's it's set at 420. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. That's great. i got to go back and watch that now. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got to go back and watch that. You definitely do. Now, you mm-hmm. attended UCF, right? How was that, attending yeah. UCF? Um, for the most part, it was wonderful. I mm-hmm. loved UCF. I love the campus. I love, you know, most of the people, you know, then there's some people that just, you know, shouldn't be in college at all. And then, uh, <laughs> but I, there, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're going to have one or two complaints about, you know, where you're going to school. Right. But it, it was nothing, it was nothing that was 
major, no like major thing that made me dislike where I was. I mostly really enjoyed it. I, I majored in film, you know, shocker, but, uh, (laughs) I, uh, the only thing that I wish was different and it literally, they changed it my last semester there is like, there's two film programs. There's the film BFA, which is like the high class bougie, like film student one. Yeah. And then there's the film BA, just the regular Bachelor of Arts. And, you know, if you do the BFA class, you have to apply and get accepted and all that stuff. And if you do the BFA class, like that's when you get classes like, you know, directing actors on the screen, uh, things like that, like very hands-on classes. And if you did the BA classes, there's mostly a lot of just, you know, pre-level stuff. Mm-hmm. And my last semester, they combined the programs and you didn't have to apply anymore. And I was huh. like, really? Because I applied to uh, be in it twice. And, you know, after I got denied twice, I was like, ah, it's not worth it. And, you know, and the thing is, I think that they kind of realized they they were looking for, like, in the application, one of the big, like, things was, like, to send in drawings. And Uh I was like, man, I don't know if they know this or not, but whenever, like, my hand hits paper, I just turn into Michael J. Fox and I can't, like, do anything. So I'm just (laughs) just trying to, like, you know, I can't draw to save my life. Like, my seventh grade art teacher told me that I had negative artistic ability when it comes to drawing. So I'm like, I don't think they understand that I'm decent with a camera, but when, when you put like a pen and paper in my hand, it, it's chicken right. scratch. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's different now and I'm glad it's different for other people, like for the new kids coming in. But, you know, it was just like something that you always like kind of looked at, like, man, I wish I could have done that. Wish I could have done that. And then last semester they're like, Hey, good news, everybody. They're combining the programs. And I was like, God, Come on, man. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's, that's almost in a way where, remember ITT Tech, they, right, all these people that was just about to get done, get to graduate, they they filed bankruptcy and they closed, they closed all the schools down. And people who had credits, they had to go to another college to finish up their year and graduate from another college. That's, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous how yeah, they that, did that. Yeah, that yeah. That is. No bueno. It is. And you mentioned mentioned already being at UCF, you majored in film. How how was that? Mm-hmm. What what did you pick up and what did you take that you apply to what you do with the your major? Um, you know, mostly, uh, you know, when when I, I was fortunate in that, you know, I did a lot of just studying on my own in high school and, you know, even early or late middle school, just like studying everything, just consuming any content I could, movies, like things about movies, just everything I can, trying to learn the, the, you know, different ways of making them, different ways of appreciating them, criticizing them. So by the time I got to UCF, a lot of the early classes, I was kind of like, I kind of know this stuff, you know? Right. I, I kind of know what they're talking about, but they taught me all the technical terms. Like I didn't know the actual terms for things. And so I learned some of those and there's some, I still don't know to be honest with you. <laughs> and, uh, they also, they also taught me a lot of film history that I uh-huh. didn't know, which, you know, you'd think it isn't that important when it comes to trying to make films, but right. when you just see how, how things were done, like, and I'm talking like 1920s, like when you see how movies were made and just not, not just the physical, technicality of the filmmaking but like the minds of hollywood the producers the different levels of censorship they had to go through and how it all adjusted not only do you grow more of an appreciation but you also grow more of an open mind as to how to do things 
because you know you can think of a way like uh, like a limited headspace like man I, I don't really know how to do this and I'm like well shit in 1920 they literally made a guy like almost disappear on camera so <laughs> obviously I got to be able to learn how to do you know yeah. it's not going to be that hard if they did it in 1920 right so it, you know it's just stuff like that and I, I also learned um, on the producing side of things just how important it is to you know learn how to be a producer learn just or at least get someone who's good at producing and mostly legal stuff right. i learned so much about like the technical the technical legal just terms and like things you can get sued for and it's insane like I, in one of my classes they had an entertainment lawyer come in uh-huh and someone was just asking like all right like what like what's something that we should know like to really get us in like the head of like how important you know the legal thing is Right. And this guy was the lawyer for the directors of the Blair Witch Project because they graduated from UCF. Oh, okay. I didn't know and, that. And ironically, yeah, and ironically, they were BA students, not BFA students. So. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, he was their lawyer, and he was like, There's a part in the, there was a part in the Blair Witch Project where they're walking through the woods, and one of them jokingly says, like, makes a reference and does like two lines of the Gilligan's Island song. Right. Like he was just like walking and like made a joke. Like it might've even been improvised by the uh -huh. actor. Yeah. Uh, that I'm not sure about, but it might've been. And they were all, cause basically we were talking about, you know, insurance, which is a type of insurance to make sure like people you pay for, but people go through every square inch of your movie and make sure there's nothing like liable in there, about what you could get sued for. Yeah. And yeah. those lawyers were those lawyers were watching the movie, and they called the directors and they were like, "Do you have the rights to use the Gilligan's Island song?" <laughs> and they were like, "They were like, no, like what? We didn't play the song." And he was not uh, at this time at this place. This actor made, said two lines from the song in succession from the song. If you want that to stay in the movie, you're gonna have to get the rights to the song. Oh my god! And it was just like, yeah, like it's insane. <laughs> That's like, almost what, like like how care, how careful you had to be. Yeah, that's almost like Gene. Almost like Gene Simmons from a Kiss. He's like patent mm -hmm. and copyrighted almost everything underneath the sun. And if you don't get his permission to use something, man, he'll come after your ass. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, uh, another that's crazy. Yeah, another musician who was like that was actually Prince. He yeah. would never let any movie use his music unless he was doing the original music for that movie. Yeah. And the first movie to use music from him uh -huh. was after he died. It was Kingsman 2. And it was after he died and his estate gave Kingsman 2 permission to play Let's Go Crazy in one of the fight scenes. Oh, and it no was, way. that was the first time a Prince song was in a movie that he was not in. Wow. That's amazing. Or, or didn't do the original soundtrack for because he did the soundtrack for Batman. But. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I remember the video to that, man. Bat dance. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was great. That was, that's another one of my mm -hmm. favorite movies right there. Batman. It's Michael mm -hmm. Keaton, Jack oh, Nicholson, yeah. Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. That guy is crazy. He's directed some crazy movies. He, mm -hmm. he has. And I, I'm, in the, I'm in the weird minority in that I think Batman Returns is like infinitely better than the first Batman. <laughs> like every, and I, I know it's like not the popular thing to say, but like, I love that whack-ass movie with the Penguin and Catwoman. And just, that was like, because the first Batman to me was Tim Burton kind of dipping his toe in the water. And right. then the second movie was him just like, welcome to my world, bitches, and just made a Batman movie. And it was so <laughs> whack and awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he, the, the first one, 
they did the advertising and the marketing for that. It wasn't that bad. But for the second one, I mm-hmm. remember they went all out on the marketing and stuff for the for the mm-hmm. second one. There's uh, I found or someone posted up on Facebook that I know a while back ago where I found someone put up. It was like the I forgot what anniversary for Batman Returns, and someone put up the they found the old commercial for uh, I think it was like McDonald's or something for for uh, oh, Batman no Returns. Yeah, I I was like I remember that that was playing. During the summer, I went. I went to the theaters and actually seen that. I was uh, staying with my mom at the time for the summer. She lived up in West Virginia, and I met some friends during that summer that lived in the same area she lived in. And we uh, went out and seen Batman Returns right there. And I remember the advertising and marketing for that. I I will say, what is it? Uh, Batman Forever. The marketing and advertising for that was insane. Yeah. I still have put up somewhere. I got to find it because I like to get them out and, and set them up and put them out for show when I have guests come over. I still, I collected and I got all four of the clear Batman Forever uh, cups that McDonald's was selling. I got all four. I got the whole collection. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. They were they were pretty cool, and that was actually I know that movie right there gets heat. I mean, not like Batman and Robin mm-hmm. did, you know, but um, that yeah, one got yeah. some heat for it though. But if you now, if you look back at it, it was just a fun movie. I mean, you had you know Jim Carrey going all crazy as a Riddler, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face. I still would have preferred Billy D Williams, but you know, but Yeah, 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 cuz he was in uh, the Tim Burton Batman. Mhm. Yeah, he was supposed to be he was supposed to be Harvey Dent in the third Batman. If you go on YouTube, there's a video I found a while back ago and it has to do with this with what if this is what Tim's Burton th- third Batman movie would have been like and there was so much stuff and mm-hmm. what direction and everything they were to go into and Michael Keaton and just it, it's insane if you ever get time to look it up it's like Tim Burton's forgotten third Batman movie Batman 3 you, it'll just blow your mind because basically one yeah. thing that the Batman Begins Christopher Knoll took from it was they wanted mm-hmm. to do a backstory of what you saw in Batman Begins, but they never did that. The uh, Warner Brothers didn't go with that. And so, you know, Christopher Knoll went with it, and it turned out great because I believe Michael Keaton, he praised Batman Begins when it came out because that's what he wanted to do, do like this big backstory of how seeing yeah. Bruce Wayne go through the training and everything, you know, and... Noel took that and he ran off with it and it was just it was gold man it was fantastic oh yeah oh yeah that whole trilogy is fantastic and you know just everything with um uh chris nolan and that like like i said that entire trilogy but also uh i also watched an interview with michael keaton when because he's like yeah i saw nolan's and kind of exactly what we wanted to do and then they're like well why didn't you do batman 3 and he's like oh because the script sucked (laughs) and i was like dang michael keaton way to stick to your guns I mean, I, I, I'll tell you something though. I'll tell you something. Though. I'd be remiss to not mention this every time Batman Forever comes up. I personally don't think that movie is very great. One of the movie nights, he he's been on the audio podcast once, not in the video, but he's 
he takes part in every short film we make. Right. His name is Nick Iricchio. One of my best friends. The dude loves Batman forever like it's his baby. <laughs> like every chance he gets to talk, like we'll be in a public setting and someone will bring up Batman and he's like, yeah, well, you know, Batman forever is the best one. And they all look at him funny and he's, and he just like stands up and defends himself and like goes through like why that movie is so great. And it's just so much fun to watch him do it. <laughs> I understand what they were trying to do with the third Batman movie because with the marketing and stuff, after you watch that, after you watch that movie, uh, film that, on YouTube there on why they went to direction with the third Batman movie the marketing stuff they wanted to sell toys to kids they wanted to advertise it as kid not nothing dark so that's why it was kind of goofy comic bookish but yeah, Batman yeah. and Robin god I mean George Clooney he made a great Bruce Wayne but he sucked at Batman I'm, I'm sorry yeah you know? like no no like and the thing <laughs> is like even with like interviews with Clooney he's like I'm so sorry for that movie <laughs> and like uh i and like and there's there's that famous like part in batman and robin where like you know every batman movie has the i'm batman moment yeah yeah and it's and it's always awesome in every single movie but in batman and robin it's literally george clooney just monotone as hell and he goes hi freeze i'm batman yeah <laughs> i'm batman it's just like you, you see that you see that clip and you're just like oh man yeah that's that's crazy I, and during that time when he when he did Batman and Robin. He was still on, uh, I believe, ER. He was still doing that movie. I was just waiting for him to run out and say, you know, when someone got hurt, he's like, don't worry, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> they missed Batman's a golden a opportunity to make that movie better. <laughs> that That's crazy. At least one thing is I got to see Alicia Silverstone in hot, tight spandex. And... True, true, yeah, and yeah. I think that was right yeah. after Clueless too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She showed off that ass and that spite, that uh, <laughs> tight spandex there, man. I mean, damn. Uh, yeah, yeah, but then you know, also George Clooney's bat suit had freaking nipples on it. <laughs> Chris like, O'Donnell, man. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. That's probably why Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. You don't hear much from him anymore. I mean, well, he's on that one. He's on Hawaii Five O, I believe. He's on a TV show. Yeah, yeah, CBS. yeah. I know he's on a TV show. Yeah, yeah. He bounced back from that, definitely. I mean, from doing Batman mm -hmm. and Robin. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah but like, nipples. but the crazy thing that a lot of people don't really realize about Batman and Robin is, for a period of like almost ten years, that killed comic book movies. It did. It did. I, like, I agree with like, you. Or, yeah, more like more more like five years, but like it, like for like no studio was greenlighting one. None, and it literally took until the first like X Men movie to come out to, for people to be like, "All right, we can start making these again." And then you know, we we are where we are now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have to I have to say, yeah, nineteen ninety nine X Men that changed everything because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you could do a yep. movie like this. But if you mm -hmm. look back around that time when Batman and Robin came out in ninety seven, there's another another movie that came out that was dark, was Blade. Yeah, yeah, Blade came out, and Blade. you know, and a lot of people kind of take that movie for granted in uh -huh. terms of comic book movie. But the thing that was unfortunate is the marketing and the studio didn't really use the comic book part of that as its brand. They kind of branded it as like, "Ooh, sexy vampire movie," right? And you know, I and you know, now obviously, if you make that now, which I think Marvel got the rights back to it, mm -hmm. if you make a movie like that now or a TV show like that now, you're putting Marvel all over that thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely are. You definitely are because that was that was one of my favorite ones right there. Blade. I enjoyed all yeah. all three Blade movies. I know the third one gets some get some heat and stuff and everything, but I, I like the third one because you had Ryan Reynolds as Hannibal King. He was he was fantastic yeah. in it. Jessica Biel, she was great as Whistler's daughter. And then of course I totally forgot she was even in it. Yeah. And then of course you had one of my favorite all time WWE wrestlers, Triple H. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was that was great. Yeah. <laughs> That was great, man. Oh man, yeah he he did great in that movie Triple Triple H. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like when I heard he was in the movie, I'm like I'm gonna see it. I'm definitely gonna see it. And then <laughs> just just the I I like the story. You know, it's like we're gonna kill all the vampires. <laughs> we know how to kill them all now. Now will that kill Blade or will he live? You know, that was like the big question mark about yeah. it. Yeah. And then, of course they could have mm-hmm. did better on Dracula. For God's sakes, man! They could have brought someone in <laughs> better. I mean, I mean, Dominic, uh, what whatever his name was, who plays, uh, who played Heat Wave and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and uh, and Prison Break. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They could have did better. They could have picked someone though, but I guess it was just a paycheck for him. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely, it probably was. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But real quick. We're going to take a quick break. We want to give a shout-out to the sponsors of Podcast City Network. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss more here with Dalton about Movie Nights podcast and much more. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. The following support and sponsor, Podcast City Network. City Limits Tap Room, Sports Bar in the Land, Florida, has brew on tap. Serve food, the grilled cheese is excellent. For upcoming events, check out City Limits Taproom on Facebook.com slash City Limits Taproom. Atlantic Sounds has thousands of new and used vinyl records and CDs. If they don't have it, they can order it for you. Same location since 1982. For more updates on what's new, check out Atlantic Sounds on Facebook.com slash Atlantic Sounds Vinyl. Sports Sanity Customs have worked with organizations from custom embroidering polo shirts to jerseys for your kids' baseball team. They do it all. Armed with state-of-the-art equipment and an in-house design team, they are equipped to take on your next project. Visit their website to learn more, sportsanitycustoms.com. Visit Sports Sanity Customs on Facebook.com slash Sports Sanity Customs. Recount Design offers a wide range of graphic design products, video, photography and other forms of media. Everything from t-shirt designs to websites. Visit Facebook.com slash 3CountDesign for more. Demo Blast Studios, an explosion of imagination. Original artwork, podcasts, video, apparel and more. Visit DemoBlastStudios.com. Visit Demoblast Studios on Facebook.com slash Studios, the best family entertainment pro wrestling show in the state of Kentucky. Kentucky's Own Wrestling brings quality family vintage wrestling to a town near you. Kentucky's Own Wrestling offers a ladies' division in wrestling and a training school. Kentucky's Own Wrestling is the current longest-running Southern promotion. Visit Facebook.com slash Somerset Kentucky's Own Wrestling. All supporters and sponsors are brought to you by Podcast City Network. You're listening to The Everett Lee Show.
right before we get back into this, I want to make an announcement. Be sure to check out over on podcastly.net Audio Madness Month. It's been going on for the whole month of March. We just put up a poll for you, the viewer, the fan, and the listener to pick your favorite podcast out of the Audio Madness Month. You just got a few days left before March ends, so head over to podcastly.net and pick your favorite Audio Madness podcast for the month of March. Voting ends on April 1st. And be sure to check out Kentucky Zone Wrestling on March 30th if you're in the area there for Kentucky Zone Wrestling presents Double Danger, the original double ring over the top rope battle royal with the main event of Kentucky Zone Wrestling's heavyweight champion Matty B or takes on the challenger Matty B takes on the champion Chief Tomahawk. So be sure to head over to the old Shopville Gym on 144 Shopville Road in Somerset, Kentucky. Ringside seats are $10. Bleacher seats are 5 Doors open up at 7.30. Bell time, 7.30 p.m. So be sure to attend that. Right there, ladies and gentlemen. And my audio did not work again. So anyway, at least I winged it. <laughs> but you can hear it on the audio portion of this podcast when it comes available later on in the week. But I'm sitting here talking with Dalton Berdetti. He is one of the hosts of the Movie Nights podcast. And I want to ask you, since we were talking about doing with film production and everything that you did at UCF and you majored in film, you've done some short films, haven't you? Yes, yes, I have. Can you uh, tell me about the they, short films you did? Yeah, of course. Um, in terms of like quote unquote official short films, I've done two. And what I mean by official is like it officially qualified for like IMDb and festival runs and stuff like that. I've only done two, but I've been making short films, you know, since high school. Right. But uh, with the movie nights, we've been making with the movie nights, we've been making short films since like 2015. But just you know, nothing you know, crazy, just, you know, YouTube, show the family, things like that. And uh, we made our first official one in 2017, and it was called No More Safe Haven. And it is a horrible title, but uh, when we made the title, we all sat down and was like, all right, let's try to come up with a better one. And then we all were just completely, like, writers blocked on title. <laughs> so that ended up being the title, but hey, it's all good because I, I like the film and how it turned out. So, but um, basically, that film was the first time we ever got into a film festival. We got um, nice. into a few, but we, we got one, into one that actually like, had a live screening of it, and that was the Hollywood Florida Film Festival. And it was such an amazing experience, incredible event. It was run by Min Collins and uh, Simona... Oh, I forget her, her name. Last name starts with an L, and I feel so bad because she's such a great person. But uh, <laughs> Men and Simona were were so great, and uh, just you know the event was amazing, and it, it was Cloud Nine, and because that was also the first film that I collaborated with the other host of the Movie Nights podcast, Ryan Warner. Yes, he came in after he came in after production was done. We we worked at the same place, and uh, surprise surprise, it was a movie theater, and 
I was telling him about, I, I just, I need finances, I need a producer, you know, the things I learned about in school that I should have taken more seriously. And uh -huh. then he was like, well, I'll tell you what, man, I can, I can help you. I can produce this thing. I can get word out there about it. And I was like, dude, please just help me out with it, man. And we, you know, he helped me out and we got it out to festivals. And like, like I said, we ended up at the Hollywood Florida Film Festival. And that festival, I mean, I, I already used the, term, the phrase cloud nine, but like, I, I got to put you into perspective. So literally like two weeks before this festival, I was, I was working in a kitchen at a movie theater and, uh, you know, I had people yelling at me because their food wasn't right and, you know, sweating my ass <laughs> off behind the counter and uh, leaving the building at like 4.30 in the morning just to go back at like 2 p.m. the next day. So I get to this festival with Ryan and the first thing we do is we walk up and there's like the, the opening night took place at like a club and we walk up, we're like, hi, we're, we're filmmakers, we're here for the for opening out of the festival and they're like, oh, right this way. They gave us like these badges, we're like, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, we go in this club and we sit down in these chairs and there's a red carpet in front of us. We don't know what it's for. Right. And yeah. then, you know, the night begins and they're like, all right, guys, the night's officially begun. Let's start this festival. And dude, I shit you not, coming out of two doors behind us was about a dozen waitresses, all in fishnets with free drinks. <laughs> and the red carpet was for supermodels that they had hired to just walk the red carpet for all the filmmakers. Nice. And I, I looked over I looked over at Ryan, I was like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> like 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 is is this like some sort of dream? Like what's going on? And then uh, we watched the opening night film, it was fun, and then we were like, oh, there's no way every night's gonna be like that, right? Like there's no way. Yeah. And then you go to the other screenings and you know the event started on a Thursday, but our film screened on a Saturday. Right. And uh, so we went there on Saturday, you know, I'm nervous as hell and, you know, we're sitting down, we're watching all these short films and like the Nick who I mentioned earlier sitting right next to me. And this is quite a, quite a story. The, in the opening shot of the movie, I, I also act in it and I'm shirtless uh -huh. and, you know, I've gone through some weight loss recently, but at the time, let's just say I was less than stellar looking. Yeah. And, uh, the lights go down. They're about to click a play on our movie. And I'm like a nervous wreck. My legs are shaking. And Nick, I, I feel a tap from Nick. And I'm like, oh, he's about to say something nice and reassuring. And he goes, hey, everyone in this room is about to see you shirtless. And then they click play. <laughs> and I was like, dude, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and uh, like right before it played. But, uh, you know, I, I am beyond just blessed and grateful because right. I, the whole time, you know, you're watching like, God, are they going to like it? Are they going to like it? And then, you know, the lights went down and, you know, thunderous applause from everybody. It was such a great, just humbling moment. And, you know, just for someone who, and like, and yeah, like this movie was made for virtually no budget. I think two, two grand when you calculate the cost of the equipment and stuff. Uh -huh. And it was, it was just an insane experience. And then like literally my family was there for the screening and the next day was the awards night. And oh. my family's like, all right, do you want us to get like a hotel and stay? And we were like, no, 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 no. Go, just go home. Like we, you know, we appreciate you guys coming. You know, this was such a nice thing that you guys did. And then we go to the uh, award ceremony the next night, and we're sitting there, and like we're cracking jokes, honestly, because we lived like seven hours away from where it was, and we had to drive, and it was pretty late at night. So we were literally, as they were like giving out awards, me and him were calculating, like, all right, if we if we leave at ten, 
we probably we will probably be okay on the way home. But like, do you want to stop off and get like McDonald's or something? I know like the apple pies are good. Like we're just trying to figure out how we're going to get home. And then you know you hear in the background, you know they're giving out awards and they're like best actor in a short film. And we're still just you know blah 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 blah. blah. And then they say Dalton. And me and him had the same reaction. We looked at each other and we were like, no shit, there was another Dalton. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they were like, Burdett. And then there's like a brief moment, like before, because like, obviously when they say the names of the winners, everybody claps. Right. There was a brief moment before the clapping where it's just like silence, like right before. Uh-huh. And in that silence, I literally just stood up and went out loud in front of everyone at this very bougie, nice place get the hell out of here. And I just like started walking up to the front. Like it was the most unexpected thing. Cause you know, I, it was just, it was crazy. Like literally, yeah, it was the first time. Like we really just tried to make a movie and we, and we had gotten denied from like nine other festivals. We were like, ah, whatever we, we didn't do great. It's fine. Right. And, you know, to sit there and be recognized. It was such an awesome moment. And I'm very grateful again to men and Simona for making that all possible. And I met so many great people while I was there. Right. great connections and uh it was just it was so great especially just because making it was a little uh a little difficult it basically you know the whole plot of it is just you know a guy is on the run from people from his past and they finally catch up to him and he's got to fight him it's like a little action movie nice and i was able to land a building that's ucf related because I went to an after-school club that was in the building, and I, I begged the people to let me film there. And they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, but it's got to be after all the activities are done, and, but you have to be out by 8, or you have to be out by 10, I think was 10 o'clock was the latest we could stay. And I'm like, all right, that's not a lot of time, but whatever. So and I'm like, I'm just grateful that we have a building. So we go to this building, and we had practiced choreographing the fights like you know about a week or so before, so we were good in terms of what we had to do. And then it was funny, the person who was chaperoning us, because they had one of the workers chaperoning us, his name is Paige, great guy, he had not read the script. Huh. But like they, I, had to, I had to send it to him, you know, just to get permission and stuff. But uh, they had not, he had not read the script, he just knew that we were there to film, and he was like doing work in his office. Right. And uh, at one point during filming, he walked out into his office, or he walked out of his office into the filming area, and he sees me covered in bruises and fake blood holding a prop glass bottle and someone like pretending to be dead on the floor. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I should have read the script. And then just kind of walks back into his office. <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 it was such, it was such an awesome like thing to do. But the thing is we had, by the time you get the camera set up and the audio set up and everything ready to go, we had like two and a half hours to film. Like, relatively complicated fight scenes. I mean, they're not like, you know, Kung Fu movie fight scenes, but you know, enough, to, like enough where we had to practice the choreography ahead of time. Right. And we shot, we shot it in two days and it was just a wild experience. And during it, we were, we were like drenched in sweat when we were doing this. And like all of me and the actors, we were just like, God, are we this <laughs> out of shape? Like what the hell is going on here? And turns out they didn't tell us, but after eight 30, they shut the AC off. Uh-huh. So the whole time we were just fighting in like incredible heat, which would have been <laughs> nice to know going in. Right, right. That would that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been nice, man. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Right, right. That's but, crazy. Uh, I think one of the uh, one of the best memories from filming that particular short film, and it's another another Nick story. 
I, I, I got to get him on my podcast more and, you know, hopefully even get him on here maybe. But he's just a funny guy. But we were filming a scene and we had landed this actress. Her name is Vittoria Resonetti. Uh-huh. And she is an amazing, amazing actress, like way better than any of all of the movie nights combined. Like I'm, I'm sure she could have stepped behind the camera and directed the damn movie better than I could. Like she was just immensely talented. Like she's at the New York Film Academy now. She might have just graduated. I don't know. Right. right. But like she's like insanely good. And she has a role she plays in the flashback. She plays my love interest in the movie. Uh-huh. And so we were filming that, that scene and, you know, we had no money. So, you know, we invite this actress to my, to my house <laughs> and, you know, we go I'm like, all right, we're shooting the scene in here, go into my bedroom. And so, you know, you know, all these red flags yeah. are like going up in her head. Uh-huh. And then, so we, we, we set up the lights to get everything going. And Nick was in there helping us with the audio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're getting ready to shoot the scene, but like we kept messing up the lights. Like we knocked one over and we were just like arguing about what to do. And then, you know, we noticed Victoria just sitting there like, wow, this is what I, this is what I signed up for, you know? And then uh, <laughs> Nick just looks her dead in the eyes and goes, I know what you're thinking. You guys are, you're thinking, wow, these guys have absolutely no idea what you're doing. And you know what? You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. Every time we do this, the end product is freaking awesome. So just work with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And, that, 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 so and that, it's just like, did all break? right, man. <laughs> So did that, that broke the tension in it with, uh, with her. Yeah. 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 It made it, it made everything much, much easier. And That's good. I, had a, I had a few, uh, interactions with her before, so it wasn't like cold or anything, but still right. you could tell that it was getting, it was getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, she's like, uh, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, another short film that we made that is on IMDb and it, it's been, trying to do the festival runs. We've got a few denials, but we're trying to, you know, get it to land somewhere at a festival. It's a comedy and it's called the long, hard day. Uh-huh. And it is about someone who takes an erectile dysfunction pill and it won't go away. So they have to call his friend to try and get him to the hospital. <laughs> but the movie is about them just trying to get to the hospital and everything going wrong. Oh, like man. there's nothing <laughs> they can do just to get to the hospital. Damn. And that it, it's a really funny concept. That film was an absolute nightmare to make. Was it? That, like, dude, it, it shouldn't have been. Yeah. It shouldn't have been. Right. It should have been really easy, a couple days, in and out, done. But I was stupid, and I wrote a script that had a lot of locations. And I did a, uh, uh, our schedules at the time. Like, it was, like, right when I was getting ready to graduate, and I had gotten an internship, and I was... And like all, and like my cinematographer, the amazing cinematographer I work with, his name is Kyler Wagner. He's incredible. Yeah. He had just gotten a new job. So everyone's schedules around a whack. We started shooting in April of uh, 2018. We shot for about two days and then we didn't start shooting again until like September. And then when we got to September, we were like, we might as well just redo what we did. We all look freaking different. Like there, there's no point. So yeah, we just restarted from scratch Had to do the whole thing again. And, uh, you know, it has some, obviously some continuity errors and it's got some, you know, some structural issues that I, you know, that I personally have with the film, Yeah. but I've been very grateful in that a lot of people I showed it to have just said, dude, I laughed my ass off and I thought it was funny. And like, honestly, <laughs> that does wonders, especially when you've worked on this thing for a year and you just want to throw it out a window. Yeah. 
and uh, you know, just you know, hearing people respond very positively to Long Hard Day was very nice. And uh, Ryan is actually my co-star. It's us both starring in it, oh. and that 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 was a lot of fun to make. And uh, little trivia on that one: there's an entire sequence where both Ryan and Kyler were hung over out of their minds because we had really? some party the night before, and they just went ballistic. And we woke up the next morning, and we filmed probably for two hours in the middle of St. Cloud, like in the blaring heat, just filming all this stuff. They got back into the car. We were about halfway home, and Ryan just rolls down my window and just starts throwing up on the highway as we're driving. <laughs> and it, it was, oh, it was amazing. But the, the thing is, Kyler is such a good cinematographer. I'm pretty sure he was still drunk that morning. I don't think he was hungover. I think he was still drunk. And the shot still looks fantastic. And I'm like, all right, you can do no wrong. I, I don't understand how he does that. <laughs> that's that's great. That That is great, yeah. man. Sounds like you had a lot of fun making those movies and uh, going to the film festivals. And that's... that's gr- <laughs> Damn. That reminds me of a friend. I'm just laughing about that. A friend, we were driving down the road, and he was like, I'm getting sick. And it's like, roll down the window. <laughs> Or no, he was going to puke inside the car. We're like, no. He rolls down the window and it's like, and it sprays. And it's like, thank God we're driving on the back country road because there's no fucking cars behind us. Oh, damn. That's crazy. Since uh, we were talking about movies, since we're talking about movies earlier, our favorite movies, let's talk about Mm -hmm. what's coming out this year, what new movies are coming out this year. What movies are you looking forward to coming out this year? Uh, one I just saw that I was looking forward to was the new horror movie Us, which I thought was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of just stuff upcoming, yeah. obviously I'm a big comic book fan, so bring on Shazam, bring on Avengers Endgame, bring on Hellboy, all that good shit, I'm ready for it. Uh, there is a Netflix movie coming out towards the end of the year called The Irishman, which is directed by Martin Scorsese, that yes. he's been trying to get made for a long time. And apparently the budget of this thing is insane because it's Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and I think even Al Pacino. But for the first half of the movie, they're going to digitally de-age them, and then it's going to time jump like 50 years. Oh, nice. So I'm very, cur- I'm very curious to see how that's going to look and how that's going to turn out because Netflix was the only company that would take that movie. Right. Um, I'm also, let me think. Wow, I'm blanking now. <laughs> but uh, I'm also I'm also all oh, Pet Cemetery is coming out in like a week. I'm really looking forward to that. That looks scary as shit. Yeah. Uh, the the curse of the curse of La Llorona is another horror movie coming out. I love horror movies, so I'm ready for all of them. Yeah. Uh yeah. oh, and I think in September. Speaking of horror, I think in September it Chapter Two comes out. Yeah. And there's no trailer yet, but yeah. I'm really ready for that. Um. Oh, and uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie is coming out in October, and I am super excited for that movie. Yeah. I feel I, like that's going to be awesome. I'm excited about that one, too, because I want to see how they're going to pull this off and what they're going to do with it, because uh, uh, Martin Scorsese, I believe, he's he's directing it, right? If I remember. He's producing it. He's producing it, okay. He's producing it. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's directed by Todd Phillips, who made... Uh, War Dogs and The Hangover, actually. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what he can pull off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely will be. Irishman, yeah, I heard about that. That I'm looking forward to seeing what 
how that movie's going to turn out. The Hellboy mm-hmm. remake, I'm going to pass on it because I... Oh, I, yeah? Yeah, because I, I'm a fan of Hellboy. I'm a fan of the first mm-hmm. two films with Ron Perlman. He he did a fantastic job. I'm a fan of his, his oh, yeah. work there. I'm, I was a fan of when he did Sons of Anarchy. That was one of my favorite shows to watch on Netflix. I've been... I mean, I'm just a fan of him. And then when I watched a recent interview he did right before Hell, Hellboy 2, or actually when the first trailer came out for the remake, and he gave his take on it and stuff, he's not too happy <laughs> with it. And because mm-hmm. I wanted to see personally, I wanted to see where they kind of went with a third movie with him. But mm-hmm. it's just... I'm, I'm just going to pass on it. If it comes on Netflix, I'm going to... You know, watch it, but I mean, the guy they got to pick, I mean, he sounds and acts just like what Ron laid down for what Hellboy was supposed to be. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to pass on it because I feel it's just like Ron, Ron Perlman's my Hellboy. <laughs> but it looks, yeah, yeah, no, I, it looks good. It looks good, but I'm just, it's not. It's not pulling me in, you know. It's like you see something, you're like, "Oh, that looks mm-hmm. great," but you're like, eh. "It's like if it would have pulled me in, I would have been like, yeah, 'Yeah, I'm gonna go see this.'" But I'm just not, I'm just not pulled in by it. But uh, comic book movies, the other comic comic book movies, I'm looking forward to Avengers Endgame. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I've been waiting for that for a whole oh, yeah. year. <laughs> um, uh-huh, just, yeah, just. At the beginning of this month, I went and seen I went and seen Captain Marvel, and I oh nice I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good filler movie to hold you over for Avengers Endgame and what's to come and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I was speaking of Avengers Endgame. I subscribed to this one guy on YouTube, uh, Cosmic Wonder, and I'm at the point where I'm about to unsubscribe to him because it's like every other day or freaking day, two or three things come out about Avengers. And what did it for me was talking about the the shot where um where um Paul Rudd, Ant Man, it shows him like looking at the tree with the missing you know posters on it, and then his whole mm-hmm. whole two minute three minute video was about is he taking is he taking the uh, laboratory with him or is he not he's holding on to something you know there's speculation 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 it's like you know enough damn speculations and i'm sick of it <laughs> i'm sick of it i hate those youtube channels they throw out there every other uh-huh. day it's it's clickbait and then when you click on it you're like yeah. really the, the, all you're talking about is the briefcase he's holding that's it there could be speculation you know that could be the laboratory he took it with him I don't care. I want to know if uh, someone leaked a photo of Hulk and spandex or something, and it has an important part in the movie. That's all I care about. You know, nothing about like, nothing mm-hmm. like that. I mean, just you, you, you get what I mean. But I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing Endgame, and I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing Spider Man: Far From Home. But a lot of people were jumping the gun on far from home they're like you know jake gyllenhaal you know playing mysterio it's like the rumor is mysterio is going to be a good guy and he's working with spider-man but a lot of people don't remember uh 
don't you know that didn't follow the character in the comics. Mysterio, he was really good at making things look like you know they're real, but they're not. He, I mean, yeah. he's a good, illusions. He's an illusionist. Yeah. yeah, he's an illusionist. So what I get from this when I first saw the trailer for it and stuff, and people people are like, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mysterio, yeah, he's like he's fighting along Spider Man. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's fooling yeah, no, you. No, 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 no. No, he is <laughs> he, fooling he's probably, your ass. He's, he's probably trying to come across as the hero, and he's setting up all these things happening. At least that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 fooling everyone. He's looking like a hero, mm-hmm. but he's not because yep. if you follow the character in the comic, he was a failed stuntman, a failed actor. Mm-hmm. He was an illusionist, and he and this right here, I'm excited to see Mysterio because mentally. This is a challenge for Spider-Man, Peter Parker, because mentally, this guy almost, Mysterio almost made Spider-Man reveal his secret identity. No one's ever done yes, that. Yes, that was a big thing. Yeah, That was a big thing. He made an illusion where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, was going to reveal himself as Spider-Man. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that, to see how that goes down. And yeah, I completely forgot about it. I'm glad you brought it up because I'm yeah. I'm really excited about that too. Yeah, everyone's like, "Ooh, Mysterio!" It's like, yeah, he's an illusionist, man. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he's pulling your leg. <laughs> he's pulling your leg. It's it's almost like the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Don't pay attention <laughs> yeah, to the man behind the like curtain. That. He's that's who he is. He's he's the man behind the curtain, and he's evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's evil. <laughs> that's the way I look at him. <laughs> but oh yeah yeah you were talking about us i was talking to a friend today and he went and seen us and i said how was it he said man he said i gotta go back and watch that movie but i don't want to because i don't really like watching movies i have to watch again and he says it is mm-hmm. not what you expect i said really he says nope. yeah he said there was something at the end or towards that he still does not get and i it looks it looks terrifying. It looks great. It looks freaky, man. Mm-hmm. It's one of those great. Movies. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, it's really good, and it has one of those endings where you're like, "Damn it, now I got to go watch the movie again." It, it's just like how he described. But you know, some people aren't don't dig that, and you know that's fine. But I loved it. I was like, "Yes, oh my god, more of this." <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. That that looks good mm-hmm. because they they redid it. What was it last year? A couple years? It's almost been what two years since it came out the first remake. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that was huge. It did great, and you know this one's going to knock mm-hmm. it out. It's, I mean, it's going to be even, mm-hmm. it's going to be even better because the first it, I mean, original, scared the shit out of me as a kid. I didn't mm-hmm. want to take a shower there for a while because it's freaking Tim. Dude, Curry. the shower thing is what messed me up too when I watched it. God, that's freaky, man. Tim Curry, God. Oh. He'd scared the shit yeah, he out of me. He killed it, man. He he did. He did. His two best roles, Rocky Horror Picture Show and It. He, yep. Yeah. He well, actually, right on the money. Yeah. Yeah. There's just two his two best role roles right there that uh, I mm-hmm. love. And yeah, there's so many so many good movies, so many films, good stuff that's coming out this year that you're excited about. I'm excited about to see. Mm-hmm. And uh oh, yeah. I mean, I just it's going to be a great year for the rest of uh, like comic book movies. Like Shazam, that looks funny. That looks entertaining. Because mm-hmm. my um, my 
daughter, my two-year-old daughter, she loves, uh, I'll put on Nickelodeon, and she watches cartoons on there and stuff, and they're always advertising mm-hmm. Shazam on there, so I think mm-hmm. they're going to attract, I, th- I believe that movie is going to attract more of a kid's base to it, but adults and stuff, the fans of the character will attend and see that. Oh, yeah, and, and I like how they're kind of doing, like, Tom Hanks is big, but as a superhero. I think that's yes. just an interesting concept. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my other favorite movies there, Big. <laughs> we mm-hmm. always got the same style oh, yeah. of, like, movies that we both like, that we're fans of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, that, that's, and the thing is, like, that's another reason why I love movies so much. It's so fascinating how two, people can, two completely different or similar people can like the same movie and vice versa, like, I know people who are completely opposites of me, but we uh-huh. both like the same movie. And I know people who we are practically the same person, but we both hate a movie or I like it and he hates it. Just, you know, it's, it's crazy. Right. Right. It is. That's. Oh, that's... Uh, I w- really quick. I'm sorry. A movie I forgot to talk about was once upon a time in Hollywood, Tarantino's new one. I cannot wait for that. Yes. I was trying to remember which one that was. I, I knew Tarantino mm-hmm. has one out. Is that the one that has, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio in it, I believe. Yes, sir. Yes, that's the oh, one. Oh, yeah. That's the one I was trying to remember right there. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Since we're talking about, you brought up Quentin Tarantino, film director. If you had ever had a chance to actually work with a famous celebrity or collaborate with a famous director, who would that be? Ooh. That, so that's many. a killer question. I know. So many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, so many come to mind. But, uh, you know, and I got to think about it because, like, as an actor, who would I like to, like, work with as a director? And as a director, who would I like to, like, direct acting-wise? Mm-hmm. I think um, a director that I would love to act for that's still working today, because obviously I could go through all of history and be like, I love this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. But in terms of people just working today, I would love to act for Christopher Nolan. Nice. Just so I can just sit there and watch him be a genius because I feel like it's entertaining. <laughs> I just feel <laughs> like being in the same room as him is just energetic because I've loved every film that that guy makes. And the fact that he can, you know, one year he can do Batman and then the next year he can do Inception. Like, that's insane how he's able to just diversify his films like that. Yes. And as an actor, I would love, love to work with him. And uh, if I was a director... I think the like some an act an actor or an actress I'd really like to work with is I would love to work with Haley Steinfeld. She is an actress. She was most recently in Bumblebee, and she was kind of she kind of got famous when she did a movie, the remake of True Grit. And I think she is such a talented actress. And she and one of my favorite movies I've seen with her was a like a. Uh, uh, growing up, like John Hughes time movie, it was called um, The Edge of Seventeen. Yes, and she gives such like a real performance in this movie, and Woody Harrelson plays uh, her teacher, and they have such a uh, interesting dynamic, and there's a lot of comedy and drama, and you know the way she was in that movie, she's able to take you from feeling all the emotions, and just how she was able to do all of that, and you know each movie that she's in, she like no two roles of hers are really the same. Right. And I just feel like she is someone who can just take, she could take a mediocre script and elevate it into a good movie with just her performance. So I feel like as a director, I'd love to work with her if I had the chance. Nice. Really, really good. Really 
interesting on who you pick there. That's I like it. I definitely like it. And talking about Thank talking you. about Thank you. You're welcome. Talking about movies. Movie night podcast. Movie nights podcast. How did that come about? And uh tell me tell me and the listeners and the viewers more about Movie Nights podcast. Very happy to. Uh, the Movie Nights podcast started uh, last year, and it was something that me and my great friend and fellow producer, Ryan Warner, we really wanted to start because, you know, we had the Movie Nights channel, YouTube channel, and produ- like quote-unquote production company, uh, you know, just for since 2015, just making short films, doing skits, things like that. And I always wanted, always, always wanted to do podcasting, and I had a couple that I tried, and then they lasted like three episodes, and then stopped doing them. And I was talking to Ryan one day, and I was like, "Man, I'd, I'd really just love to get into podcasting because I love talking about movies. I mean, I, you know, in case you haven't been able to tell, but uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just love, I love doing it. And I, I was like, man, I just want to sit down and just talk about movies with someone and just put everything into it, uncensored, unfiltered." just our raw thoughts about movies and he was like hell yeah man let's do it and you know ryan's great he's always down for everything and he's really brought an interesting perspective to the show i love doing the show with him because you know you you always want to get someone who's 50 50 with you because there are times where we agree a lot and there are times where we actually disagree a lot and that i think that's what makes the show more interesting right is being able to kind of see two two sides of the same coin and another reason why I wanted to do it is because I love the film fan community. Like there are a lot of movie podcasts that I like watching and listening to. And something that the film fandom really needs is it needs a lot less toxicity. Cause recently, you know, there's a lot of trolls out there who just try to, you know, do things that are really unnecessary and like in the world of movies. And it's like, look, movies are a very sacred thing to me. I don't like it when people like attack others cause they don't like a movie or try to, um, you know, harass actresses off of Twitter because they didn't like a movie they were in. Yeah. Or, you know, th- you know, these things happen all the time or, you know, more o- way more often than they used to, especially just, you know, with social media, it's so much easier. Right. And I just, you know, there's nothing wrong with disliking a movie. E- like, even if it's a movie everyone else loves, if you don't like it, that's fine. Film is subjective. You either like it or you don't. And you can say why you don't like it. Yeah. No problem. But when you start like looking at people saying you're stupid for not liking it, then that's where it becomes an issue and you need to reevaluate yourself. And I kind of just want to do it to promote less of that and more of just sharing opinions and debates about the topics rather than attacking others for why they feel that way. Right, right. I totally agree. I totally agree. That's, I feel like a, that's a problem right there. Because, for example, for example, say I got on Twitter and I and we were talking about let, let's just throw this example since we were talking about it earlier, like like Jaws. Mm-hmm. I get on Twitter mm-hmm. and I say I hate this fucking movie. Uh, the shark, stupid. There, or I mentioned something about that. How bad the acting is. The mechanical shark don't even look real, or something like that. And you mm-hmm. get on there and you're like, well, I love this movie. And then mm-hmm. I I should be like, well, I just didn't like it. And I already stated why I didn't like it. And you say, well, I like it because acting's good, the shark, the just everything that you can think of possible that's good. And then 
I fire back at you and I, I start tearing you down because you like the movie. You see, that's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't you shouldn't do that. And it's become it's become something that people do nowadays on social media because one person don't like something, then everyone comes down on them because if they don't like it or if they like something, you get it from left, you get mm-hmm. it from left and the right, you get it from all over, and they come at you, mm-hmm. and it's just ridiculous, and they troll you about it, and it's it's not it's not good. And I do like that how I've watched a few, uh, a couple of your episodes of Movie Nights podcast since since you guys joined the network, and I enjoyed the debate and the discussion on the topics and the movies that you guys talk about, you and Jake, and I I, I love it. It's a refresher. It is. It definitely is a refresher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely is. And uh, this. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. And yeah, like you kind of hit the nail right on the head and, you know, but something while, you know, also wanting to discourage from, you know, the insults and the, the trolling and things like that. And I'm glad you mentioned it comes from both sides because it does, it comes from everyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but it's also about promoting healthy debate because a lot of the times you'll talk to someone who had a completely different perspective on a movie than you did. Yeah. Like whether it's how you grew up, how you do this, and then you can look at a movie in a completely different light right. than you didn't know before. And and it doesn't ha- and it doesn't have to change your opinion. Like you can still think the way you do about it. But mm-hmm. now whenever you watch that movie, you can go, you know what? I may not like this, but somewhere in the world someone watched this and it changed their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just it's just such a it's such a thing that you can hold on to and recognize. And uh, an- another reason why I wanted to do this is because I just love movie news, and that's the kind of the main thing that we do on the show is talk about what's going on in the world of movie news, like movies coming out, like drama. I mean, we stay away from, like, celebrity gossip. I think that's stupid. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But in terms of, like, people getting fired, people getting rehired, just a bunch of crazy things, because a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes. They just see what happens on the screen. Yeah. And I, I think it's fascinating, and especially box office numbers. And in, in our most recent episode, we went for literally, like, 20 minutes about, like, just how fascinating the box office numbers are when you see like trends and what people movie, what movies people are going to see and how like just something that I'll just, you know, I'll give an example of something we talked about was right now, Captain Marvel is at the $900 million mark and you know, it, it's going to cross the billion dollar mark in a couple of weeks. Damn. And you know, and we were like, that's crazy that that's happening. And then, but people, and there are some people who are like, well, no, like it's a big Marvel movie. It's an action movie. Like, of course they're gonna make a billion dollars. And it's like, well, let me put it into perspective for you. Take Captain America Civil War, which was like a wet dream for comic book fans where you got all the heroes in one movie fighting each other. Like, everyone wants to see that. Yeah. And it was built on a universe that started 10 years ago leading up to this moment of them fighting, and that movie made $1.1 billion. Right. Now you have, Cap- now you have Captain Marvel, a character that no one who isn't a comic book fan had no idea who she was, they have, n- like, no one in the mainstream movie-going audience. Like, if I called my uncle, he's not going to have any idea who Captain Marvel is. Right. You know, a movie that really just is for the... And it, it's not like we haven't... We've also never seen this character, because Black Panther was also very, very successful, but something that... And not, not the whole success, because obviously it had a very cultural significance, but yeah. part of the success was he was, in, he was in Civil War. Yeah. So people were watching Civil War for the action, like... Captain America and Iron Man and they saw Black Panther and they were like, what the hell? This guy is awesome. So yeah. Of course they go see his movie, but we have literally 
on screen for the mainstream movie-going audience had never, ever seen or heard of Captain Marvel before. Yeah. And that movie is about to make a billion dollars. That is crazy. Especially with, like, and that, that just goes to show, like, many people were just like, wow, this movie really connected with people, connected with young girls. And, like, just every, like, there was an untapped market of moviegoers that were sleeping on movies but went in spades to see this film. And that's crazy. And I'm, I'm literally, like, getting, you know, anxious and excited. Just, I, I just find that so fascinating of how, like, you can build up the universe, make a movie like Civil War that makes $1.1 and then a movie that just comes out of nowhere, and bam. Now, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for the success. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, part of it is, like, you know, the Marvel brand's really strong. Uh, Brie Larson's an Academy Award-winning actress. You can go through all these things, but at the end of the day, it was a character that the mainstream... I mean, you were going to get the comic book audience anyway. But, right. like, mainstream people... Because, like, I bet you people didn't even know, like, Captain Marvel was originally a dude. That title gets passed around left and right. Like, there's so much history of that. People didn't care. They saw yeah. the trailers and went out to this movie, and it's going to make a billion freaking dollars. And that's insane. It is. It is. I I enjoyed it, like I, like I mentioned earlier. I enjoyed I enjoyed mm -hmm. watching Captain, Captain Marvel. I thought it was really good filler. I mean, there... There was some points in the movie where I felt like it just didn't, it dragged a little bit, but it was still good. It was still good. Yeah, you know, it, I, I agree with you. Yeah. It, had, it, had a good, it had a good story. It had a good little plot twist there because you didn't, mm -hmm. really, didn't really know too much about who Captain Marvel was. And then her at uh -huh. the end, you know, spoiler finding mm -hmm. out who she was, how she got her powers and everything, I thought was neat. Mm -hmm. And the the um the Tesseract find that popping yeah, up yeah, again. Yeah. It's like wow. It's where the hell has that been all this time? That they explained it. Yeah. They explained it. Because mm -hmm. you thought it was with uh, Tony's dad. And then it ended yeah. up where it ended up at and you're scratching your head she had oh okay yeah yeah okay that that makes sense mm -hmm. that makes sense the yeah. mid credit scene i thought was great i thought that was oh, great oh yeah yeah black widow it was like whoever's on mm -hmm. the end of that i it's like let me know and as soon as she turns around yeah, boom the, right there where's, boom where's yep. fairy <laughs> first thing where's fairy where's fairy You've yeah. been you've been mm -hmm. gone a long time there, honey. A lot of stuff has yeah. happened. A lot of stuff yeah. has happened. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I I am interested and I cannot wait. Cannot wait to see see Avengers and it, it's nuts that Captain Marvel's making that much. Of course, what what's crazy Dalton is Yahoo Yahoo uh news. This the guy got on there and did this article and said that Disney's going to be kissing its Avengers $55 million franchise away. Uh, well, first off, the guy who wrote wrote that, I have to say, he didn't do his research much because this is the everything that's been going on with the comics, like you mentioned, 10 years. The 10-year buildup is coming and it's ending. Okay, the franchise for Avengers, they can do another one with a different cast, a different 
different yeah. casts because in the comics, the Avengers have changed so much. I remember at one point you had Peter Parker mm-hmm. and you had Wolverine in the Avengers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- seriously. Now, if you look, they can make two more Captain Marvels. They can make another Ant-Man movie. You got the Eternals mm-hmm. coming out. They can do a yep. two more Black Panthers. There's five movies right there. The uh, third Guardians mm-hmm. Galaxy, which is six. A standalone Black move, a Black Widow movie, seven. There's seven movies right there. And then the the big the big kicker is Disney just purchased Fox, and so now they have all the X Men and Fantastic Four characters to mess with. Yes, yes, they they have that. They they have that. They they got everyone's under one roof finally under one mm-hmm. roof which is great so the possibilities is endless now did you hear about hugh jackman mm-hmm. said he would play wolverine again if he could do a crossover of deadpool with ryan reynolds yeah yeah no i yeah. i saw some comments about that and yeah. uh ryan always like tries to joke and get him to do it again and get him to do it again yeah but uh you know i mean we'll, we'll yeah. see what disney wants to do but right now um going through all like if you go through the reports Apparently, supposedly, the plan is to reboot every character except Ryan Reynolds. They want to keep Ryan Reynolds because you could just have him show up in a movie and make a joke that they're owned by the mouse, and then bam, that's covered, and you're good yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, Fantastic Four. I know Fox had that. the The first two Fantastic Four movies they did, I enjoyed them. I have mm-hmm. them on DVD. I enjoyed those. The other day, actually, I sat down and I watched that remake of Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, man. I I saw... I understood where they were trying to go, but mm-hmm. it failed. It failed. It just... Yeah, it, yeah it no, just, it, uh, it, it, it was not good. And, you know, there were a lot of behind-the-scenes problems with that movie going on and back and yes. forth and Josh Trank fighting with Fox, the director of that movie, and, you know, that's what happens yeah. when you go through that. But uh, interestingly enough, just you brought up, you know, fan four stick, as I like to call it. Uh, yeah. I actually graduated from the same high school as Miles Teller did. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I got the pleasure of meeting him one time. He's a really nice guy. Sorry, that's random. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I like that. But Venom... I thought Tom Hardy's Venom. Tom Hardy, he's one of my favorite actors, man. That that guy, oh, yeah. two of oh, my yeah, favorite movies that Tom Hardy's done. Bronson, if you ever get a chance to see that, you got to see that because his acting is just great in that, and he, he's entertaining in that movie. And Warrior, where he was a he gets into doing... Dude, movie. I love I Warrior. That. I love oh, that. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah, he comes in there, man. Nick Nolte's the alcoholic father and just... Mm-hmm. It just it was great. That that movie's great. And then I I I I enjoyed him playing Bane in uh The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I enjoyed him in that. Mm-hmm. He he did something great in that. And Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock. That is how Eddie Brock's supposed to be. Eddie Brock is supposed to be this <laughs> you know you know, big guy. I mean, he was in the comics, man. Mm-hmm. He he pushed I mean, he pushed Peter around there before he became, before mm-hmm. he got, you know, became Venom. And a lot of people just, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Bands, I love those. But the third one, I, oh, can yeah. only, I can only stomach so much. I mean, Topher Grace, 
I I mean, he tried to do the best he can as Venom, but however, <laughs> even Sam Raimi admitted this, man. He admitted it was the reason why the third movie turned out the way it did was because of the studio. It's like, you got to have this, you got to have yeah, this, you do this, do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. That's that's why it, it turned out the way it did. The third Spider-Man movie did. It could have been great if they would have backed off and let mm-hmm. Sam do his damn job. Honestly. But, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but Venom. Did you you enjoyed Venom with Tom Hardy? Because I I sure the hell did. <laughs> I all right. This is another one of those beautiful examples of how some disagreements can turn into beautiful conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't dis. I don't hate. I don't hate the movie. Right. I don't think it's like a horrible film. Uh huh. But I will say I loved. I loved Tom Hardy, and I. I was very curious going in because, you know, when you read comics so much growing up, like with the dynamic between Venom and Spider-Man, you're like, man, I wonder how they're going to do it. Yeah. And I think that the way that they did it and the way they made that interaction, I thought it worked. I thought whenever Venom was talking to Eddie Brock, that's oh, when the movie kind of shined and it worked. Yes, it but, did. Uh, <laughs> it did. But, uh, to, to, yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really entertaining. But, you know, just to me, the movie kind of fell short in the script. I just felt like it was very kind of rushed and meddled together and a lot of it didn't really it didn't flow well i thought the first act i thought the setup was just really bad and it was it re, i didn't really get much enjoyment until you got those interactions with tom hardy just talking to himself god you know yeah. every time that happened i thought it was great that 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 was great that was great when he's when he starts having that interaction he's walking down the street and he's talking to himself it's <laughs> just a semi-odd. um my my wife she got it for me for christmas and got it on Blu-ray oh, for me. So we, we sat down one night and we a few nights after Christmas and we sat there and watched it. And during the beginning of it, we me and her agreed it kinda dragged, but when Eddie got in mm-hmm. contact with the symbiote, that's when things started taking off, man. I was like when he was on the phone talking to Michelle Williams, he's like he's like <laughs> he, and, and, and he starts talking to Eddie and then uh he's like He's like, I'm, I'm, I think something's wrong with me. I'm starting to hear voices. Of course you're not. <laughs> He's like, just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just the interaction. If Sam yeah. Rainey would have done that in, with with Topher Grace and the symbiote and Spider-Man 3, that would have been nice, though. But I felt like that's something that was missing. But, yeah, his interaction, talking back and forth with him, which is great. And... They, I feel that they did make, they did rush the script like towards the end. They kind of rushed it, but mm-hmm. in uh, taking that comp, that story from the comics uh, with the, with everything going on with the symbiotes taking over and trying to, you know, taking mm-hmm. over San yeah. Francisco. That I thought that was great. They pulled, <clears throat> excuse me, from the source material, which is great. I love it when a comic, mm-hmm. when movie, comic book movie pulls from source material or, or something from a story from a comic. That's great. You've done your research that shows. And yeah, know, Tom, Tom, just the interaction and then his interaction with Michelle Williams and the doctor, the, the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The restaurant scene was freaking great. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh, okay. That was really funny. <laughs> and I think one part of the movie where I, I will, I will admit why I didn't, Love the film. A part where I literally wanted to stand up and clap was the elevator joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. That was that was so great. That that definitely was. <laughs> I I enjoyed it 
Now, you'll you'll mm-hmm. laugh when I tell you this. I last night me and my wife, we watched a movie that's been out for a while. I never got to see yet. And I finally got to see it. Mm-hmm. Deadpool two. <laughs> Man, you just now watched Deadpool two? Yes, I did. I'm Dang. behind on some of the things. Honestly, I am. I get behind on some of the things, and I usually don't catch it until they come on Netflix. For example, you yeah, watch. Yeah. C- do you ever watch? You watch CW shows, Arrow, Flash. Not religiously, but I've watched episodes of them. Yeah. I. You should see my DVR on those things right now. (laughs) (laughs) What I do is I watch it like during the summer. I'll binge watch everything that I missed up on because I get so caught Mm -hmm. up and so busy and stuff. I get caught up running a network, doing podcast, doing being a father, being a parent. I get caught up on all that, Mm -hmm. working the nine to five job. And so there's time when I do have time. It's like, what do I do? Watch a movie. What do I do? Watch watch a show. Honestly, I'm not I didn't even finish watching Luke Cage yet. I think I'm three episodes away from watch finishing season two. I didn't watch season two of Iron Fist yet or season three of Daredevil. <laughs> That's a, I, no, I, dude, you, dude, I'm season behind. three of Daredevil is one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. The Punisher oh. The Punisher I, I I just couldn't get into it. The first season No, I, wasn't I made, for you? I got halfway through, and I, I'm going to give it a chance. Honestly, I am because mm-hmm. Punisher is one of my favorite favorite comic book characters. I am going to give it a chance. Yeah. I, I definitely am. I'm going to give that a chance and mm-hmm. try to catch up with it so I can watch season two of it. But then... Yeah, what, what, yeah, what, I'll, what I'll say about Punisher is, like, I'm with you. Like, the Punisher is my favorite comic book character ever, ever made. Love, love Frank Castle. Love the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Castle. Season is just one. No, but I was, sorry, I was going to say season one. When you you go into it and you want to see, you know, Punisher punishing fools, like that's what you signed up for. Yes. And season one doesn't do that. It's it, but when you go back and watch it again, it, you see how much like character respect for army veterans the show has, and how really it's a drama about coming home from war and not knowing what to do with yourself. Right. And it and it's not what you expected. It's not what you signed up for. But it, but it's good. And then at the end, like the last like three or four episodes, that's when it gets really like, you know, bang bang shoot 'em up. And that's what you signed up for. And then season two has a great mix. Like there's a good fight scene like every two episodes of season two, along with very good character moments. So I think if you get back into it, you'll love it. So I'm very curious to find out when you get back into that because that'd be awesome to talk about. Oh yeah. Because I got up, I got up to the point where the guy's in the backyard and he dig a hole in his backyard, and he's sitting in the mm-hmm. hole and he's just sitting there. And then Frank's trying to find out. He's trying to track down. Um, it's been forever since I watched it, but he's trying to track down something right now. And he's no one knows that he's alive, still alive, and mm-hmm. which is good because that makes it easy for him to move around and stuff. And. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about where I cut off at right there. I didn't finish watching, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get caught up. Uh, one show I'm really looking forward to coming out next month is uh, the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a huge television event for everyone. Yeah, 
Yeah, the last yeah, it's the last season of Game of Thrones. They're gonna go out with a bang, mm-hmm. and they've been keeping a hush hush about a lot of things and a lot of speculation. Oh yeah, because I do once in a while I like to hit Reddit and find out what the hell people's talking about and what they're discussing, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of speculation on this can happen or that can happen, which is good. Which is good theories. So people come up with good theories. I have a good, I have a really good theory about how I think the show is gonna end, and. My theory is, I believe the show is going to end. Is one one of them, um, one of them is going to die. Snow or um, um, shoot, Dragon Girl, <laughs> Daenerys, you know, Daenerys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Daenerys or Snow is going to die, and uh, um, the assassin sister, um, Arya, she's gonna she's gonna pose as one of them. I think. That's my speculation. Someone's gonna, or they may live. You know, that's just another theory. There's there's so much going around, so much speculation on what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. But the fight scenes, dude, you know the fight scenes are gonna be off the hook on that. They they're just they're gonna be great. They're gonna break and be. Oh so yeah, great. yeah, and like I, Game of Thrones is another show that I need to sit down and watch every episode. But I kind of just catch. Some every now and then or whenever my roommate watches one that he loves, he's like, yo, you got to come in and watch this episode. Right. And I remember I did, I did see the fight scene. I forget what season it is, but it was like the first time like the White Walkers came out. Yeah. And I, I watched that and that freaking blew my mind. God, yeah. That, the fight scenes, how they choreograph everything in that movie, or not movie, excuse me, TV show, is just fantastic. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad, you know, that, that it's ending, but They've got to the end of the book, basically, and that's it. I mean, that's all she wrote. But they are going to be coming out with the prequel, I don't know, in the next couple of years, two or three years. Yeah, I something. heard about that. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, there's so much they can build onto with that, I think, is going to be great. And what history and everything that was mentioned in the books before about the time back then. And I believe they they got so much they can do, so much creativity, so much direction they can go, which I love. And then, of course, next season, Arrow's ending after eight seasons. And then you have Supernatural that's ending after 15 seasons. Damn. Yeah, that is a crazy run of a TV show. And it it is. It is. Who would have thought 15, 15 seasons for Supernatural? And then Arrow. Mm-hmm. My my question is with Arrow. Now that show was the one that started it, and then you had f- the Flash, Legend of Tomorrow, and then kind of mm-hmm. Supergirl, kind of spinoff from that, which what started. Yeah. Now, if Arrow's ending, will these will characters be guest characters? You know, guest show up as guest on on these other shows. I think they might. I mean, Stephen Amell, he may show up on The Flash as Arrow or something. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd imagine so because you know, it, it, I think it would almost be like an insane missed opportunity if they didn't have Stephen Amell pop up a few times on Flash or even Legends, Supergirl, or right. there's even talk like it hasn't happened, but there's talk that they're going to try and incorporate Black Lightning in there somehow too. Yeah. But we'll we'll yeah, but we'll see. But I I think it'd be a huge missed opportunity if they didn't include Stephen Amell in those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with his show, it was the one that started it. It started it for those yeah for those shows right there. 
and having a, having that show. I expected the other shows to end before that. I I figured Arrow would go for at least two more seasons, not eight. But are they going to do what Smallville did? Smallville back in that day, it ran ten. Se- one of my favorite shows. It ran ten seasons. And then all of a sudden, season eight came up. Yeah, this is it. We're going on top. We got Doomsday coming in. And then all of a sudden, the ratings, because they kind of dipped, the ratings just shot mm-hmm. up. They shot up for that show. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, damn, all these people started watching because they had What's-His-Name who played Doomsday. He kept taking his shirt off, so the female audience started watching it more that's all you got to do man yeah. get a guy on there get an attractive guy on a tv show have him take his shirt off every other five minutes man boom i mean look you know rest rest in peace luke perry but god look what he did on 90210 mm-hmm. he took his shirt off every five minutes <laughs> yeah 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 man yeah, hey, Dylan. jason jason momoa shirtless is why aquaman made a billion dollars i'll say it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, he—I haven't even seen that yet. I—I I definitely like to check it out just because of the uh, the character. I know you know the character's got mm-hmm. so much hate over the years and stuff because it's Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was—he was. He was <laughs> yeah, he was kind of the joke of the the DC heroes. Yeah, yeah, he's a joke. Well, this Aquaman ain't joking around. <laughs> nope. Yeah. nope, nope, nope. I definitely. He, he is here to steal your wife. And not even care about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I wanna, I wanna thank you for coming on tonight here and taking time out and coming on podcast and talking with me. I had a great time talking with you about films, being a fan of films and our favorite films that we agree or disagree with, and why we like and don't like. And really great time. I, I, I had an amazing time as well. Again, thank you so much. This really, truly means the world to me that not only that the Movie Nights podcast is part of the Podcast City Network now, but just to be a guest on the show, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Before we do leave, I want to ask you, where can people find more of Movie Nights podcast at and yourself on social media? I would love to plug that. Uh, Movie Nights podcast. On YouTube, the channel is just Movie Nights with a K because, you know, we think we're smart. Uh, Movie Nights with a K on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, at Movie Nights, on Twitter and Instagram. It's going to be at Nights underscore Movie because some bastard took at Movie Nights on those. And uh, for for me personally, uh, Dalton Burdett on Instagram, at Dalton Burdett, and on Twitter, just flip it around, at Burdett Dalton. Um, I... Don't tweet much, but when I do, I, I uh, don't get a lot of attention. So if you want to brighten up my day, just go ahead and like, <laughs> like some tweets. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, any sus- new subscribers who get to the Movie Nights podcast and the Movie Nights channel be appreciated. Not only do we do the podcast every week, but we also put out, we tr- we're trying to put out um, content every weekday, which is a challenge because of our schedules, but we're going to get it down. Uh, we've released several just fun videos about movies and eventually when we get the time and money we'll start cracking out more short films so please subscribe to movie nights on youtube and listen to the movie nights podcast excellent excellent thank you thank you for coming on tonight 
And before we do close, I do want to mention that you can find more Everett Lee Show at the following right here. Subscribe to Everett Lee Show on Stitcher Radio. Download that app for your smartphone and tablet. Lipson.com. Everett Lee Show is on Lipson.com. And on iTunes. Subscribe to Everett Lee Show on iTunes. And follow Everett Lee right there on social media on Facebook, Everett Lee Show. And on Instagram, Everett Lee Show. And subscribe to the YouTube channel on Everett Lee Show for the audio portion of this podcast and many previous released podcast. And hit me up on Twitter at the Everett Lorescore Lee. I'm Everett Lee signing off. Thank you. Have a good night. And we'll see you again next week for another episode of the Everett Lee Show. Yeah.